Welcome to the Rare Sense Podcast. This is Chris Irwin. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Kevin Weiss. Kevin is a board-certified physician with extensive training and experience in primary care, holistic, and energy medicine. Early in his career, he served patients with complex chronic diseases who often had causal issues beyond the technology or scope of standard medical diagnostics to detect. As a result, he developed his current practice of systematic healing to serve this need. Kevin uses Advanced Intuitive Energy Testing, or AIET, to diagnose people, and then uses modalities such as vibrant physiology, biomagnetism, and energy healing to treat them. And he does most of this without being physically co-located with his patients. I realize that remote energy work is something that many people may not believe is possible. I used to feel the same way. But after nearly a year of working with Kevin, my skepticism has waned considerably. I've found his treatments to be effective. I've also learned that I don't necessarily need to understand something for it to work. If nothing else, his techniques are super interesting, and I encourage you to listen to this episode with an open mind. Note that anything we discuss is for educational and informational purposes only, not medical or mental health advice. It's not intended to diagnose, treat, heal, cure, or prevent any illness or condition. Although Kevin is a doctor of osteopathic medicine, he is not acting in that capacity here. He serves as a healing minister, not a licensed medical or mental health professional. Systematic Healing owns all copyrights to the materials presented here, unless otherwise noted. Lastly, remember that Rare Sense content is not medical advice, nor does it represent the official position or opinions of any other organization or person. If you require diagnosis or treatment for a mental or physical issue or illness, please seek it from a licensed professional. Now, without further ado, here's Kevin Weiss. Okay, Kevin, good to see hey. you. Good to see you, Chris. Dr. Dr. Kevin Weiss here. Um, so where do we want to start here? I mean, I always ask kind of give me a little background on you. I think the, the most interesting thing about you, first of all, I should say that I came across you because of Freddie Kimmel, who is somebody who, if, if people out there have not listened to Freddie's podcast, it's great, especially if, if you're a chronic illness sufferer, uh, his, that's what he does. Basically, he's sort of like a biohacking chronic illness dude and not a biohacking guy. Like in the, um, what's the guy's name? Is it Ben Greenfield? That that's, is that the guy's name? There's that not guy sure. who's a biohacker. He's been on Rogan and stuff like that. He's not, he's not into biohacking. Freddie is more into it for like, right. There's a difference between doing stuff. it for optimizing versus you're trying yes. to, you're trying to fix right. something that's chronically right. messed up. Yeah. So I came across Freddie's stuff years ago. I think when he was first starting and reached out to him. And I think he was so much in his infancy that I, he like responded was like, yeah, DM me and give me a call and everything. I think so I've listened like to it. his stuff cause it's great. And he's turned me on to some alternative therapies and things that have been really helpful. But anyway, I heard you on his podcast and I thought it was so interesting and it was so different than anything I'd ever heard or done. And it was also something that things come to you sometimes at the right time. Sure. And it was something that had I heard it, I've mentioned this to you before, if I'd heard it five years ago, I would have been like, fuck off, right? Like I, <laughs> I wouldn't have bought into it at all. But at the time, and I trust Freddie, I was like, okay, sure. So I reached out to you and we've been working together now for 
gosh, how long? Six months? More than that? Approximately, yeah. I'm going to shut my phone off. Yeah, six to eight months ballpark, something <laughs> okay, like that, so yeah. Gonna, so anyway, so give let everybody know kind of what you do, you know, and your background and trying yeah. to become a doctor and then and then being a doctor <laughs> but doing different stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of, yeah, things kind of evolve. So um, I, I, I just kind of knew I was going to be a doctor since I was a kid. And I, I, I told, I was, I was pretty intuitive since I was a kid. I told my parents when I was about six or seven, I said, I'm going to become a doctor and marry an artist. Sure enough, I did. Um, and so I just, I, I kind of knew that this is just kind of my path, although it took twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. I thought I was going to go to medical school and become, you know, become a surgeon. Um, and uh, when, when the reality of the wards hit me and I got on the surgical rounds, I realized pretty quickly, I mean, it's as cool as it was. Um, it, it wasn't quite for me. Um, and so I kind of got more into, into the primary care uh, aspects and I started getting interested in holistic aspects of medicine. Um, and just the, the thing that just kept flabbergasting me through both throughout medical school, but even more so even in residency and kind of starting out my career as a primary care doctor and then kind of transitioning into holistic medicine was how much chronic illness that the medical science and system just does not understand. It just absolutely flabbergasted me. So the, the, the first year of medical school, at least for the way, the way it was for me, the first year was all anatomy and physiology. You know, this is what normal anatomy and physiology does. This is how it works, yada, yada, yada. I loved it. I got good grades. I enjoyed it. I ate it up. It made a ton of sense to me. The second year was all um, what disease looks like under a microscope and what the diagnostic criteria for the disease is and what the, what the drug or surgery of, of choice is to fix it. And I, like, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. My grades, I mean, I didn't do terribly, but my, you know, I started getting more mediocre grades, which wasn't so typical for me. Um, and it just kept going like this. And no matter what I do with my study habits, I couldn't, I couldn't seem to wrap my head around this. And about, I don't know, halfway, three quarters to the year, I kind of took my head up for air and realized, oh my God, this field knows almost nothing about health. <laughs> I love shit. it. <laughs> shit. I'm too far into debt. I can't stop now. Um, so, I mean, they, they, we, they know a lot about disease and I don't, I don't say it to disparage the system. It's, you know, it, it has its uses, you know, so I would say particularly when it comes to trauma surgery, emergency medicine, critical care medicine, allopathic paradigm saves lives day in and day out all the time, no questions asked, 100%, totally useful and valuable in those arenas. But when it comes to chronic issues, it's like we don't have, it's like, I mean, if you really look in the literature, you get into integrative and functional medicine, you'll, you'll learn differently. But as, as far as things are taught in medical school and as, as things are understood in, in standard medical practice, even the simplest thing like hypertension, right? 90% of 90% of people that have hypertension, we call it essential hypertension, which sounds like some very fancy highfalutin thing, but really what it boils down to is we don't freaking know why this person has high blood pressure, but we're going to throw, we're going to throw drugs at them. I mean, and that's, that's better than doing nothing for certain because the, you know, the, the outcomes are clear that people will get less strokes and heart attacks and cardiovascular disease and so on and so forth when the blood pressure is controlled, no doubt. But it just flabbergasted me to realize, oh my God, this is like one of the most common chronic issues that, that walks around on the planet. And yet for 90% of the people, we have no idea why it's happening. Really? And, and so as I got deeper and deeper um, into my practice and residency, um, I, I guess the, the, the question of why just kept eating at me. Why is this person who's in front of me sick? How did they, how, how, at some point, you know, I mean, you know, for people who aren't born with genetic diseases, 
you know, you know, for somebody with an autoimmune disease or Lyme disease or long COVID or something like that, you know, at some point, this person in front of me was what we would call normal. And at some inflection point, they became abnormal. So how is it that they, be, they went from being normal to being abnormal? And how do we get them back again? And this, this question of why just kept eating at me and eating at me and eating at me. Um, and so. Can I, can I stop it, you there for a second? Yeah. So what? Why does conventional medicine, because this is something that I came to the same conclusion through my own as a non-doctor, somebody yep. who has no medical training whatsoever, as a patient, as a sufferer of chronic illness, yes. came to the same conclusion of it doesn't seem like modern medicine knows anything about how to solve chronic illness. And when I say chronic illness, I don't necessarily mean things, uh, that term is used in a lot of ways. True. Sometimes it means things like diabetes and there's, there's things that it's decent at treating, but these sort of mystery chronic ailments, like you're talking about, sort of Lyme yeah. disease. Chronic uh, fatigue, if they're even the different things, some, some right. fibromyalgia, right? Those things. Sure. And I came to the same conclusion where it's like, they just don't seem to have any answers. But, but before you get into kind of the, the why people either are getting these things or have these things and some of the solutions, why is the medical establishment no good at treating that? Is it the lens they look through? Do they not care? Is it too complicated? I mean, this is an opinion question, obviously. The right, because we, sure. we can't, right, of course. And it's not yeah. like there's some evil overlord out there that's like, I will, mm -hmm, right, I'm going to sell these people. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a few of those, but. but. <laughs> well, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, without naming names, is the, the, the top spender of lobbying Congress sure. from year to year. Sure, um, and I agree and with, with that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying there's not a place for it. Obviously, there is. Um, but, but this is, this is so much of what, what the medical curriculum comes down to is, is what, what drug or surgery are you going to end up applying to this person that's in front of you? And so to, to think that pharma does not have some say on the medical curriculum is. Sure. Yeah. That's, but isn't that's, there, I mean, like, you know, we're supposed to believe that doctors, scientists, whatever, are constantly sort of like trying to find the answers and objectively looking at things and hypothesizing. And from, from my experience with this, my, my sense of it is that, is that, um, you know, I think, I think people see somebody in a white coat and they tend to pedestalize them, so to speak. I don't think that's an actual word, but you understand what I'm saying that they get put up on a pedestal. Um, and I very quickly came to find out in medical school. I mean, now certainly these people are generally, you know, more intelligent than your average bear. Um, but in terms of moral compass um, and, and pretty much everything else you can think of, they're people just like every, everyone else. And I think a lot of it honestly comes down to like exhaustion. You know, you, you, you go through your four years of college, you go through your four years of medical school, you go through your residency, your hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You know, you've got your credentialing and your training to do what you want to do. And then to come in with these ideas that there are these huge gaping holes in your training, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't think the you know, for most people, the human ego is not very accepting of these kinds of thoughts. Yeah. Right. You spend all that time, money and energy, you know, just, just to be told that, Oh, if you really want to fix people, you got to go learn some whole, you know, after you've put all this time and energy, you got to go do all this. Yeah. And so doctors are, are just as, as, as susceptible to, you know, to Pavlov's hypothesis as everybody else, you know what I mean? So, so people get things beaten into their heads 
And like the, the number of doctors that are like in the, that are really digging through the literature to really try to solve things is, I mean, from the, from the doctors that I've worked with, which is probably a fair sample size, it's very low. I think for, for most people, with, with the exception of a couple, you know, some specialties require a little bit more reading and such. Um, but a lot of doctors, after they get done with residency, they, they're kind of done. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, you know they, they do their minimal to stay up on, you know, you know some, some of the stuff that you absolutely have to stay up with. Um, but, you know, people have put in their, 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 their money, they put in their time, their sweat, their blood, their tears, and they're kind of just ready to collect a paycheck and move on. Um, and I get it. Sure. I, I can I can see why why people would 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 think that way and behave that way. I think a lot of that's unconscious. I don't think people sit there and journal to themselves. Okay, I've now spent my two hundred thousand dollars and I've put in this many hours and now I'm just done with this shit. I don't want to study anymore. I don't want to dig anymore. I'm done. I'm going to show up to work, collect my paycheck, and move on. I, I I don't think that's that's what's happening. But I think you know yeah people people it's you know you get battered in medical training. <laughs> Sure. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier, you know, when someone's got a mystery disease to say, and, and this, this is the thing that shocked me in residency to see how many people with, especially like what, what, you know, I didn't quite realize how much of Lyme was Lyme when I was a resident. I only really figured that out afterwards, but how many people with physical symptoms, you know, neuropathic symptoms, pain, you know, um, you know, in like legitimate neurological abnormalities on their physical exam. And I would watch some of my, my mentors and attendings say, Oh, it's all in their heads. They just need to see a psychiatrist. And I'm like, do, do, do you not see what's happening in their physical exam? Hello? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. There's some element of, of anxiety or depression there. Sure. Or some other psychiatric issue. Yeah, sure. No doubt. Um, but that doesn't explain physical symptoms. But it's also a situation, right, where they, again, that's a separation problem where they're saying, oh, this is a mental thing, which is totally separate from the physical thing. And I just don't think that's true. I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a tricky thing because for some people it is true. And there are, there are plenty of people out there where, you know, they're either anxious or depressed and they got no pain. They got no brain fog. They don't get headaches. They don't get gastrointestinal disturbances. They're not waking up in the middle of the night. They're not getting panic attacks, yada, 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 yada. And they get on some Lexapro and they're doing the river dance. Good for them. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would put them in, you know, that's largely a neurochemistry imbalance. Um, you know, there's other natural ways to do it too. You know, the drugs, I, I look at it as a, as a tool, I'm not for or against drugs. They're, they're a tool, right? Yep. And you've, you've, you've tested, you've tested, you know, uh, from energetically AIT standpoint, you know, you've tested, you know, well for a couple of pharma products, you know, throughout our work together. And I, think, yeah, I said, yeah, you know, as long as you're doing it under the supervision of somebody who you got a medical relationship I have no problem with that. And you've done well with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not against the pharma. Um, you know, there, there are times when people certainly just, they do have a psychi- psychiatric problem. Uh, the, the problem that I see with the medical system is that they, they completely miss when the two are, are interrelated. And, right. and, and, and the crazy thing to me is that at this point is that really, if, if you just did a basic review of systems. Yeah. Right. Like going, going through the neurologic system, going through the musculoskeletal system. I, I mean, cause it, it doesn't take me long, you know, like I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, in my more medical practice, I'll catch people who have had chronic Lyme or what, you know, or other tick-borne infections. And it's, you know, they start telling me they're chronic, chronically fatigued. And, you know, it, it takes me about 45 seconds to figure it out. Now, do you have brain fog? Do you get migrating aches and pains? Do you get headaches? Like, you know, do you have numbness and tingling that run, that, you know, that comes in? 
gee, I wonder what you've got. That's a hard one. Yeah. Well, so a couple things on that. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, people can have something that's essentially just a mental problem or just a physical problem. However, in my opinion, those things are still interconnected, right? Like your, your mind and body, you can't like just separate them into two things. So the same way you could like just sprain your ankle and it's like, is that a mental problem? Not really, right? But um, it can mess with your head if you're an athlete it, and you need that can, ankle right, to work exa- for you. Exactly, yep. right. And mm-hmm. you're still, and you still like the pain you still experience is, is a mental construct essentially. Sure. Right? Um, sure. All right, so let's go back to sort of you're in residency and there's, you said gaping holes, right? So what, or what are the holes? What were the things that, you know, for, was for, not for, computing for you? <laughs> yeah. You know, and for me, I think, and I recognize a lot of it is Lyme and we didn't really have long COVID, you know, back when I, when I was a resident that came later. Um, but you know, I, I was, I was in a dual family medicine and in, in what's called neuromusculoskeletal medicine residency. So we would, we would do, we would, we were getting trained in osteopathic manipulative medicine. So for those who don't know, uh, I'm an oste- I have a, I have a, um, I'm, I'm uh, licensed as an osteopathic doctor. So I was trained, you know, not just in medical school, but additional residency training to do manipulations with the body. So for, for people who don't know what this is, it's almost like a chiropractor and a doctor together in the same person. Mm-hmm. My colleagues probably wouldn't like me saying that because because there's a lot of subtle distinctions, but for a lay person that doesn't understand, I think it's a good scaffold to, to start understanding what that is. So we would have clinic regularly where we would do, you know, manipulative treatments for, for people that had a, a lot of musculoskeletal complaints. And, 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 and a good portion of these people, you know, they would kind of improve, um, uh, but their stuff would keep coming back. And we had a bunch of frequent flyers. Um, and, and for a lot of them, you know, their, their pain uh, was way out of proportion to, to what I would find on their physical exam or what I would see on their imaging, you know, and, and, and they got, they got, you know, they would have all these other psych issues and, and, and headaches and fatigue and, you know, all the other stuff that, that goes along with chronic Lyme. And I'll, I'll, I'll admit at that time, I just kind of sectioned it off in my head and was just, just kind of treating their musculoskeletal stuff. Um, cause I just, I, I'll just be honest. I didn't have bandwidth for it at that point. <laughs> so, uh, but I was looking at their musculoskeletal stuff and just thinking to myself, like, why, like this should be fixing according to this model that I'm using. So I'm missing something. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm missing something because the person in front of me is not getting better. Yep. And, and that, that, yeah. So, and then I got out of residency. I did, I did uh, some primary care for about a year. And then I, then I got a job as a holistic doctor in, 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 uh, on Park Avenue in Manhattan. And the first thing I did uh, before I started working there was to go to ILADS, which is, which is basically like the, the Society for Lyme Literate Physicians. Oh, wow. uh, and, okay. and yeah, and that, that, that kind of started piecing it together to me. And it was just so wild to see so many people um, you know, so there's the typical, you know, knock down, drag out, you know, the symptoms that we've described before the people with, with, with a lot of the kind of typical stuff, the brain fog, the headaches, the fatigue, the neurological symptoms of tingling and burning pains and this kind of stuff. Um, but the, 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 the wild thing that I saw too, is that I, I mean, I kind of became convinced that I, I think that, that this organism is kind of getting to be ubiquitous in the country. Because I, I would also find some people where they would have, you know, some sort of like a low grade autoimmune condition yep, um, or they would have like an arthritis that was bothering them. And when I would do the physical exam on some of these people, you know, their, their musculoskeletal complaints didn't really add up with what they were, they were, they were, they were having physically. And at this point I had enough 
presence of mind to do the AIET testing. And then I would figure out, oh, I bet they've got a little bit of Lyme or some other form of tick and tick-borne infections. And, and then what I would do is give them, you know, some herbs, some generally some herbals because the chronic chronic stuff, I generally tended to not prefer drugs. Um, so I would give them herbals and sure enough, a lot of their aches and pains or other, you know, seemingly unrelated symptoms would start improving if not resolving. Okay. And then what? Because what you do now is clearly a step beyond that too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Every, right? yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, everything. before we get to that, let me just ask you, I mean, again, I think about Lyme disease and it's clearly a thing, right? Like it's not bullshit. No, it's how definitely it came, not bullshit. How it came to be, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff out there about it being a bioweapon and, you know, who knows, right? But who cares at this point? But it's clearly yeah. a thing. And it's another one where I just think, for the longest time, it seemed to me, the medical establishment sort of acknowledged it was a thing, but it was just kind of like threw up their hands. It's like, I don't know. We don't know what to do. And we're not really going to try either. Like we're going to give you antibiotics because it's a bacteria. It's a bacteria. Yeah. That comes it, from a tick. But yeah. if that doesn't work, uh, we don't know. It, and that just seems again, like just gross negligence on my from my right, and, the, and that's the thing. And that's the thing is that yeah, doctors get trained, and then when they go, they go through their training, and they've got their box. Mm-hmm. And very often, if somebody's symptoms don't fit the box that, that that person got trained with, then then very quick, I wouldn't say automatically, I won't go so far as to say that, but very quickly, doctors will write them off to the psychiatric department. Right. This happens yep. all the time. Yep. Yep. All the time. I'll, I'll never forget in in residency, I had a woman that had like chronic pain and I'm like, like I'm doing a neurologic exam and she like, she's got weakness. And I'm like trying to convince my attending to get an MRI. And he's like, she's got fibromyalgia. Don't bother. And I'm like, but she's got focal weakness on her exam. <laughs> like, sure, maybe she's got fibromyalgia, but that doesn't, ex- you know, oh my God. But so th- this is what, and this is not a stupid person. Yeah. This is a really, really smart person. So it's, you know, this kind of indoctrination, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody would want to admit that it happened to them. Um, but you know, just from my experience, you know, people go through this training and they get indoctrinated. Yeah. And well, fibromyalgia blows me away too, because it's another one where, um, unlike Lyme disease, where at least they can say, well, we think it comes from this bacteria, at least in part. Right. Um, but a lot of, a lot of fibromyalgia is undiagnosed Lyme. Right, right, could be. Not all of it. But but the point is, like, fibromyalgia isn't even, in my estimation, is not even a diagnosis. It's just a, it's a name to symptoms. Yes, it's it's what I would call a wastebasket diagnosis. That's that's the label that goes. Yeah, that's a good. I've never heard that, but yeah, that's a great way to say it. It's like, okay, you have this, you have these symptoms, and uh, we're just going to give it a name. And that that doesn't help at all. It's because it's like, well, what causes it? Well, we don't know. Well, how do you treat it? Well, we don't know. Well, it's like, what's the point oh, of this oh, no, diagnosis? My, the, my, the, the language is the um, the etiology is complex and the treatment is multidisciplinary. Ah, uh, okay, got it. Yeah, we don't know, <clears throat> right? <laughs> so, Which means we don't have a damn clue. <laughs> all right, so so keep going on the journey here because because yeah. what we're eventually going to get to here is the stuff you and I have done, which right. is like remote energy work and. Yeah, you know things yep. again that I would have been like, no way, this is not. Yeah, what man. I'm doing yeah, this. ten ten years ago, I probably would have said the same thing. So right. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, so so I started seeing a lot of Lyme um in okay. in New York City because that you know pe- people would be out in the woods and they would get tick bites. Yep. 
it, yeah, so it was, it was all, and it was all over the place and it, and it still is. And it's, it's, it's severely under-recognized and, it, and you're in to, to echo your thoughts that it is a thing. It is a big thing. It is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. It is, it is an enormous problem. And, and, and it's like, if you can't even recognize it, it, it uh, Sort of I like do. you've mentioned to me before, right? Like most of people in Africa are walking around with some some form of malaria, right? They might have like just well, I, I don't know about most of them, but the, but the medical literature would at least for what's been tested for yeah. is that some somewhere on to the tune of sixty to seventy million. I think this this research is maybe about ten years old. That's sixty most. to seventy. Million. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> lot. I think it's probably probably a billion. How, how many people are in Africa? I, I have no idea. Lot. I don't know. How but, many people in Africa? Uh, 1.2 billion. So that's, that's okay. a lot of them. It's a good, good yeah. chunk. Yeah. So, so, so a good chunk of this population walks around with a level of the malaria parasite in their system. Um, and they, um, they, it won't be high enough of a, of a level of malaria to trip the standard testing, but it will be a high enough level to yep. give somebody some pretty rocking symptoms or not always rocking, but it's some, some level of symptomatology and subsequent dysfunction. And so um, there was some research done where they would they would take these people and they would do like higher levels tests that were basically, you know, university level stuff that you're not going to get in your standard lab. And sure enough, they would find that these these people were, were carrying this parasite. And a very similar thing is happening with Lyme disease and, and I'll say with many other organisms as well. And the, and the thing that really opened my eyes and I'll give I'll give absolute credit was um, one of my mentors in this process. I, I, I worked in an office. Uh, a guy rented space from from the office I used to work in, named Luis Garcia, who who is a um, uh, he he was a, he's a Colombian physician. Although he grew up in the United States, he practiced in Colombia, and he got tuned into bar- and he used to kind of do a lot of the same stuff that I was doing with with the with the neural therapy, the IVs, the homeopathics, uh, what I would you know ozone therapy, the vitamin <laughs> drips, what I would call kind of full scale uh, like functional medicine. Full scale, not, you know, not you know, the, whole, the whole thing, the IVs, the supplements. Yeah, I've done the, the it. I've done it all, stuff. as you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. So, and he left all of that because of the results that he was getting with biomagnetism. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, so get into this. So yeah. This is, you know. And so, and so, and so, yeah, I would, I would help and fix a lot of people with Lyme, but like I would get patients sometimes where despite like, and at this point I was starting to use AIET more and more and more to like figure can, out people's Can you tell people what that is? Yeah. It's, it's called advanced intuitive energy testing. Um, and it's, it's kind of a combination of using direct intuition and also using some, um, some kind of, um, with some osteopathic techniques on my own body to figure out like what's going on in somebody's system without using any kind of laboratory or imaging techniques. Um, and the reason I do this is because of these very limitations that you're describing. So, you know, any test, whether it's AIET or an MRI or whatever, they have benefits and limitations. So the benefit of the AIET is I can detect stuff that the, the standard testing is, is, is not going to is not going to figure out and allows me to synthesize things that those tests won't necessarily synthesize. The downside of it is that unfortunately I can't you know, I can't reproduce it and prove it unless we're going to like tissue biopsy everybody. And, you know, but that's, that's completely impractical. So what, at this point, anybody who's listening to this, there's got to be some people that are like going, what really? Right. Yes. So what made you think to go that route and think that that's a a viable option? 
simply because people in front of me weren't getting better with what I learned on my functional medicine and ozone course. So even after all this, right, like chelation therapy, ozone therapy, functional medicine, regenerative medicine, you name it, like I did the course. And even still, I had people in front of me that would still not get better despite me having done everything that seemed appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so the more of this that I got, like I, I knew I kind of had these talents of, of AIT since I was a kid, but I, I never thought that like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do in medicine. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this stuff in. No, I thought I was going to order some blood work and some imaging and it was going to tell me exactly what was wrong with somebody. And then I should be able to make a rational plan based on that data that I have ascertained from that testing. And the person in front of me should get better. Right. Yep. <laughs> Maybe not. Right. So, so, so the more of that, the more of that, I would call it pain um, of the person. Cause, cause I, I mean, I don't, I take it super seriously. If somebody's in front of me and they're not getting better, like I feel it and I dig and I dig and I dig and I dig until I figure it out. Yeah. Just, so talk about intuition. That's a really interesting term, yeah. right? Because when we think of intuition, we think of, or at least I think of, a feeling without data, basically, right? It's yeah. like, hmm, I feel a certain way about this thing. I don't know why, but we have that term because a lot of times it's right, right? Correct. The reason we have the term intuition is because it's correct quite often. It often it often can be correct. That's right. And, and so, so where does that come from? And and um, also, how do you get trained in this, like AIET? Like how how does one become an AIET practitioner. I figured it, I figured it oh, out on my own. Okay. I think one, one day, I think one day I am going to start training other people to do it. Cause I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I am able to fix a lot of stuff that other people can't fix now. So I think it's, it's by that alone, it's probably worthwhile training yep. other people how to do it. Um, so in order to, it's a great question. Um, let me see how, what order to answer it in. So let me talk about the forms of intuition first, and then I'll just, and, and then I'll describe okay. the anatomy and physiology of, of how intuition works. So, um, there are many, many, many forms and subforms of intuition, but just to, for, for people that are new to this, to give a scaffold based on the everyday experience that, that most of us, or maybe not all of us, but most of us are having, we have five senses, right? Sight, mm -hmm. smell, taste, vision, all that stuff. And so we exist on, um, different levels. So we, we have, I would say we all have, three, there's different ways to organize this, but for simplicity's sake, I would say that every, every human being has three levels to them. There's a physical level, which we all know is comprised of skin, nerves, arteries, veins, lymphatics, bones, and organs, right? All that stuff. Uh, and then we have a subtle level. And so the subtle level is, um, it's more of an electromagnetic. Well, it's not, not exactly electromagnetic. It's 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 subtler than the electromagnetic. But this is this is the uh, the part of the of the anatomy that comprises the meridians that the traditional Chinese medicine doctors mm -hmm. and the Ayurvedic doctors talk about. The energy vortices that the, you know the, the more new agey crowds will call chakras. These kinds of things. So yep. that's that's an, that's another part of our anatomy and then, energy and then, body. And sure, you can call it an energy body. Yeah, there are many right. different. Yeah, and look. Yes. I'm a huge believer in that, right? The, the, yeah. uh, from what I've seen on my own, like through, um, acupuncture, which I've found super effective, Qigong, breath work, like all of that stuff is so, is so effective, at least for me. Yes. Uh, it's, yes. yeah, it's a place yes. you need to devote attention. 100%. It's yeah, yeah. It's recommend. I recommend energy some form of energy hygiene regimen to most of my clients. And, it, a, yeah, and I like that yeah. term, energy hygiene. That's good. Yep, yep. 
Yep, it's a lot. It's a, it takes a little bit more for someone living in New York City than someone living in, uh, in Montana, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I talked to, uh, when I had Casper Schultz on from um, um, New York NYC, Center for yeah, Innovative yeah. Medicine, I mean, he yeah. lives in Manhattan. And I was like, dude, how do you live? Because when I go to the city now, I, like I feel it. I if I'm in a you know in a high rise in Times totally. Square hotel for a couple of days, I'm like I got to get out of here. It's like it's, it's just lot. so much dirty energy there that's just on so many levels. Yeah, yeah, bombarding so your body. Um, yeah, that um, you know, I, I mean, to me, it's like when, when I talk to people and I'm like, where I mentioned, you know, we turn our Wi-Fi off at night, and they're like, why? I'm like, uh, because that's energy that's hitting your body like at all times. And if you're sleeping with it, like your nervous system is sensing that shit, you know? And so it's like just the less, the fewer signals are hitting you at any given time, the better off you are, the more you can sort of return to hundred percent. Yeah. And, and not, not uncommonly. I would see this when I used to work in New York and I still see it with my clients who are, who live in, who live in New York metropolitan area, people with, with chronic Lyme, like they'll leave New York city and some 30, 40, 50% of their symptoms will go away. They'll come back to New York city. They come back, they leave New York city. They go away again. They come back to New York city. They come back again. I think a lot of it is the EMFs. I think, I think, People get super EMF sensitive. That's part of it. But let me let, let's, let's not get too far away from yeah, the we're, initial we're question. Distracted about, here. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we got it. so yeah, energy yeah. body, and then yeah, yeah. Number three, and then yeah. So number three is is what we can call the spiritual or the causal body. Um, so this this store is so so. Um, uh, so for me, this is a fact. Uh, hopefully, I'm not rocking too many belief systems out there. If you, if you don't, if you choose not to believe it, I'm, that's cool. I'm not here to proselytize or change people's belief systems. My experience and my perception is, is that the human soul, if you want to call it that, uh, trans- reincarnation happens, basically. Like we've, mis- we've lived many lives. This is our meat suit for this particular lifetime. And when we're done with it, like a pair of old clothes, we'll discard it and we'll move on to another one. Um, so yep. this, and this, this, is, is, this is where I'm like, okay, like, I mean, yeah, this, yeah. this is where it gets like, it's pushing the boundaries for me, totally. right? Yep. You know, and so, and I, I think that's important to say, right? Like I, uh, you and I have worked together. We've done this kind of remote energy work. Um, and I, and I have found it helpful. Some of this, sometimes I got to the point in my own recovery journey where I started going, you know what, if something helps, I don't really care. I don't have to believe it necessarily. Right. And I, like, I th- yeah. And that's, and it, that's kind of what I ask of my clients when they come in. I don't necessarily need people coming in as, as fervent believers, but I need right. somebody's mind opened enough that they're not going to block a good effect from coming to them. But that's, that's, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's, it's kind of hard to argue with success. Right. Right. And so, you know, I used to, <laughs> I've said it before to people, friends of mine, I'm like, look, if somebody came came to my house and like waved chicken bones over my head and that fixed me. I'd be like, okay, fine. Cause yep. for the longest time, I I'm somebody who likes to know, I like to understand things. I'm a very sort of pragmatic linear. I'm, I shouldn't say I'm a direct, I'm only a linear thinker. I think abstractly as well, but I like to understand how things work. And I think for a while that was a little bit of a hindrance for me where I I had to be like, wait, that really has to make sense to me. And then I think you get to the point if once you've tried enough things where you go, "Mm, okay, let's give it a go. Like, you you know, do enough research where you're like, is this dangerous? No, Mm. I don't see how it's dangerous. Sure. Let's try it. Why not? Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to push the, I believe button here and see what happens. So, so, so when we, so any, any kind of a healing intervention that you use, whether it's 
IVs, homeopathic supplements, waving chicken bones, prayer, energy medicine, whatever it is, right. it, the, the idea is it's going to have some sort of an effect on either, either your physical, your subtle, or your, or your spiritual or causal body or some combination of all of those. So what we're looking to do with the AIET, the way I've developed it, is you're looking to get the most you can out of it in the order that's going to work the best for the person in front of you. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're looking to do. Um, and so intuition. And so, are, so, mm-hmm. sorry, so is your practice mainly working there in the sort of causal spiritual body? No, it, it kind of, de- it, it really depends entirely on what the person shows up. Like I don't, I don't have like, so, like a lot of practitioners work this way where they, they kind of have their, they work this way and that they have a tool and whoever shows up in their office, that tool gets applied to that person and you kind of see what you get. The way it works in my practice is the person comes in with whatever they are. I use my intuition to meet them with they, where they are and use the tools. And I got, I got a lot of tools I can use, but I use the tools in my toolbox to create the shifts on the level of mental, of, of physical, subtle and causal so that they can get, get to their goal. Mm-hmm. So it's, so what I did with you, like you see, like I tell you, I'm like, like, you know, I don't know what we're doing today. I never <laughs> right. know. Yeah, it, it all right. depends on kind of on what, what what happens in the conversation between between me and your system, and then we flush it out, and you know you keep peeling back the layers of those onions. So back to your question about intuition. So in in, in the physical sense, we can see, touch, smell, taste, all these kinds of things. So um, in our subtle bodies, in our subtle brains that interface with our physical brain. So interestingly, the the, the physical brain is actually more of a restrictor plate. Because <laughs> what you, cause you'll see, because like when people have out of body experiences or near death experiences, their 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 um, their perceptual capacities are usually much more expanded than they are when when they're in their physical bodies. But then sometimes they get a, they get an opening when the physical. Sometimes their their subtle bodies and their physical bodies will kind of uh, hit, link up, and they'll they'll get an upgrade there. Um, but it kind it kind of demonstrates the point. So certain people, um, and there's a couple ways to do it. Um, will have what are called brain center openings. So in their subtle brains, not their physical brains, but their subtle brains, the, 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 the Hindus and the Buddhists call it the thousand petal lotus. It's, it's kind of metaphorical, but the point is there's many energy centers in the brain and these, when turned on, they kind of give you like access to like a superpower, so to speak. And there, there are many types of brain center openings and in, in so-called superpowers that you can have access to. And for some people, I would say that probably all, you know, to some degree, all the people that you were on the, on, you know, on the SEAL teams with had, had certain brain center openings for, for physical prowess, right? Cause it, cause it's not everybody that can make that, right? That's a very small percentage of the population that's, that's able to do that. There are brain centers for musical ability. There are brain centers for mathematics. There are brain centers for subtle perception and intuition on the level of sight, touch, hearing, seeing, taste, whatever. Um, and for athletic performance and so on and so forth. So, so generally anybody at the top of their field and anything, they're going to have brain center openings. There's a reason because, because we all have kind of similar hardware, right? But, but some, but their software is a little bit different. There's, there's something that allows people to operate at that higher level. And so this is kind of the anatomic explanation of, of how that works. So there, there are certain brain centers that people have that, that when opened up will give them access um, to more, to more, um, precise forms of intuition. Everybody experiences a gut feeling of intuition, right? Like if somebody's trying to take advantage of you and your solar plexus is kind of 
tingling and, and, and kind of getting tight and something in your gut's telling you, maybe you want to run and not walk to the nearest exit. So every, most everybody's got access to that. Um, but other people have access to visionary experiences, auditory experiences, gustatory experiences, so on and so forth. that are really more on the subtle plane rather than the physical plane. Now, the, the, the challenging thing with this is that, is that the, the, the psychological and psychiatric field has largely pathologized anybody who has access to these things because they think that anybody that sees anything um, must be crazy, <laughs> right? But like anything else, nature loves a bell curve. So there, there are people like um, that, that will use these abilities and they'll be in a professional setting and functioning at a high degree and changing people's lives for the better. Dentists, doctors, lawyers, right, architects, these people exist. They generally don't advertise themselves because they don't want to be called a quack. And I, I fully understand that by talking publicly about this, I'm kind of exposing myself to that. Um, but thankfully, it's in a day and an age now where it's, it's, you know, it's not as um, punitive. Thank God. Yeah, there's there's, you know, there's there's more understanding for, for alternative and complementary medicine, even if um, it's even if, you know, so, so so the medical system tends to not try to take these people's licenses from them anymore, which is nice. Yeah, because because the gender and I saw it in some of my mentors, I could see the trauma in them where, where people had lost their licenses for treating chronic Lyme disease. Yeah, this used to happen. It's um, there's a lot there. I want to kind of there's a couple different directions I want to go, but um, yeah. I mean, it's one of these things where you know you talk about kind of like the openings in your in your brain, um, and I mean now with this sort of psychedelic explosion that's out there in terms of yeah that, right so yeah so, so that's that's are, one of the that's one of the ways you can get access to those brain centers temporarily is by so this is what's this is what these drugs do is right, they give so people the, temporary access right so this idea of and and I've experienced this with on psychedelics of you you experience consciousness in a different way that you're yep. not you, like there's a totally different way to experience the world and yourself yep, yep. and yep. and once you do that, you kind of think, huh, like, okay. So, some of these things that I think I would have thought again, are just complete bullshit. It's like, all right, maybe there's something there. And there's some physics stuff too here where like you talk about, you know, the, the term past lives is one that doesn't make me very comfortable. I kind of go, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I even think like, where are the extra lives coming from? Right. Like, because there's way more people on the planet now than there were, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, hundred thousand years ago, right? So, who <laughs> were also losing a lot of animals and insects and trees. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so but, that, that's yeah, yeah. But it's it's but, also not just this planet. It's not like it's not like a soul just stays on one planet. They oh, okay, stay. right, right, okay. But anyway, so you know that's something where I go, uh, all right. But um, certainly, uh, which. Which law of thermodynamics is it where energy can, can't be created? I think it's the second. Yeah, you okay. can't create. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're hitting upon the logic of like, why is it that some people are born with genius and born with a silver spoon in their mouth and, or, and somebody else is born, you know, and they can't, they can't, you know, feed themselves to save their lives. Right. Right. So, why, why some child gets access to a good education, why one child gets abusive parents. This, yeah. and this comes, this comes down to karma. Um, karma, karma is kind of a loaded word because people have different ideas as to what that means. So when I, when I use the term karma, I'm simply referring to the inevitable fruit that is flowering because of prior actions. 
Now you can now many things that people experience are because of the karmas that have occurred in this life. Like one of the, one of the examples I use a lot is if someone sits around and eats nothing but Skittles all day, they're going to end up with the diabetes at some point, right? right? Like you don't have to go looking through somebody's past life files to figure out why that person's diabetic, right? But if somebody's like juice fasted and they're eating a plant-based diet and they're exercising all the time and they're on a bunch of good supplements and they're completely clean and they detox themselves, right? And yet they're still diabetic, it might be worth looking in their past lives to try to figure that out. So, okay. So, and you know, again, this is, this is a topic where I go and we've done some of this, right? Like yeah, we, we've totally. done this, like, what is it? The Akashic records. And, um, did I get that term right? Yes, you did. Okay. Um, but, but again, I go back to like, just from a physics standpoint, that idea of energy is not destroyed. It just changes form. So, Correct. okay. Like, all right. So the energy of a person when they die, Continues. goes somewhere somehow. Which it's yeah. just right. Okay, I, you know if that directly transfers into another person or however that works. I don't know, but okay. And I think like, that's a hel- I think that's a hel- that's a completely healthy attitude. If you don't have the perception to see it for yourself, I, 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 I honestly I'd rather deal with somebody like that than somebody that's completely convinced that, that this is what's happening and yet have no experience or perception of it. So, mm-hmm. w- like when you did those psychedelics, it's it, you can liken it to like imagine if you were a two D ant walking on a line. And all of a sudden you were shown a 3D world. Right. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so getting access to brain center openings, whether through psychedelics or, you know, also you can get it through meditation. Meditation. Yep. Exactly. That's another way to do it. Some people just by the virtue of their, of their prior, of their prior life experiences at a certain point in their life, it will just turn on. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's kind of the way they're programmed. That's another way it can happen. Some, so, yeah, I, I know people like this, like they would have been like a regular Joe Schmo and it's like some event ha- gets triggered in their life. And all of a sudden they're talking to their dead relatives and all the, you, you know what I mean? Like, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really scary for these people. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a problem for them if they get opened up really quickly and they have, they have no, no basis of, of experience or mentorship. It can be a real problem. Yep. So I think the other important point to bring up here about how we've worked together is we're not in the same location, right? So like yes. this is remote stuff, which is yes. makes it even weirder where it's like, mm-hmm. you're not physically touching me. We're not even in the same room. And so c- can you walk through, there's that piece, but the, the, magnetic stuff too with the magnets and kind sure. of how that yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean there, there's a little bit of a quantum you know there's there, there's kind of a quantum mechanical explanation to this to some degree so I, einstein despite describes spooky um behavior of subatomic particles um and actually there's there's a mundane way that we all experience this even somebody that doesn't walk around with brain center openings and they're they're seeing what's going on on the other side so to speak um, all of us have had the experience of walking down the street and you think of somebody you haven't thought of in months or years or whatever it is. And sure enough, 30 to 45 seconds later, that's exactly who's on the phone. Yeah. Meaning they called you. You're not exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or texting. So, I had, I had it happen to me, um, God, maybe a month ago where it was the exact same thing where I was literally thinking of a buddy of mine and he texted me like 10 seconds later. Yeah. And it's yeah. not someone I talk to every day. Like this is someone I don't yeah. talk to for six months at a time. Exactly. And it's like, well, that's yep. weird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our subatomic particles are talking to each other, you know, so we've, we've, we've got subtle, we've got subtle connections to people that we form and, and they go, you know, and they, and, it, and, and on the subtle, on the subtle layer. So the rules in consciousness, depending on which, which layer you're talking about are a little bit different. So the rules for the physical level don't necessarily apply to the subtle. 
for, so for somebody who has brain center openings where they can perceive the subtle, then that's, that's, that's what enables me to do distance work. It doesn't really much from, from that perspective, it doesn't really much matter whether somebody's directly in front of me or if they're on the other side of the world. The, the results are, are basically the same. So once once you access the subtle layer of the creation through those through those brain center various brain center activations, it's not just one that does it. Um, there are many different flavors and sub flavors of it. But once once you get access to that, then it, it kind of obliterates the space issue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really much matter. And so, and you've heard me ask you this, I'll ask you, do I have your permission to hook my energy body up to yours so that you get the benefit? I know. And you kind of, you kind of roll your eyes and I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like it's, 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 it's not in your, it's not, it's not in your usual perception, perceptual experience. And so that's an honest response for you. And I, I don't really have a problem with that. And, and so, you know, like I said, like I told you, I was like, you know, just give it a whirl and see what happens. Right. Yep. And so what I do is I connect my energy body, my or subtler energy body to my client's energy body temporarily. And we disconnect at the end. I tell people we practice good energy hygiene in my body and sorry, in my practice so that I don't walk around with their stuff. They don't walk around with mine. It's just for the duration of the session so that they can get the benefit of it. Um, and if memory serves, you know, like in it, it, the pattern's kind of been this way is that, um, usually what, when we do this kind of a treatment, you usually don't feel much as it's going on, but then maybe a couple hours or a day later, it's like your world gets rocked and then it becomes yeah. undeniable that, that shifts are happening, but it's, it's not so clear, um, in the middle of the session. Um, I have other clients that are, that, that have, that will have a lot of these brain center openings and to them, it's like th- they know their world's getting rocked as it's going on. It's, it's very obvious to them. And sometimes they're almost taken aback because it's, it's a lot that's getting shifted in an hour to an hour and a half, whatever the, however long the session is. Um, I really, I really want people to move, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want my time wasted. So I don't want to waste anyone else's time. And so, so really, desc- and describe them the magnet piece of that too. That you yep. Do. Yeah, so I, I learned the scaffold of this um, from Luis Garcia, but I, I kind of took the principles of it and made it my own. Um, but the, the the basic principles of it is that um, it, I mean, back to three D physics before we get into the distance stuff. Um, uh, the body is sixty to seventy percent water, and it's a known fact of physics that you can change the pH of water with a magnet. Pretty straightforward. So the cool thing about the magnets is, you know, you, you use um, neodymium magnets. Let me, let me grab a couple and just show them on the screen so people understand what they look like. Um, this is what they look like. I have three, three, three sizes. I have a small ones. I have medium ones. And I have, it's going to take a little bit because they're kind of strong. Uh, come on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. These are pretty strong. And then there's the large ones. So it's just depending okay. on how big the, the target is, is really where it goes. So like if I need to treat an eyeball, I'm probably not going to use the big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you put these magnets on the body, it shifts around pH electrical, you know, electrochemical gradients. And it also shifts around the subtle, the subtle energy that moves in the body. And so when I hook myself, my subtle body up to my clients, it enables them to get all the benefits of what those magnets are doing as if they were put on them. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so convenient. I love it. I, I, and, and, on, and actually it's, it's a little bit energetically cleaner to, to have somebody at a distance than, than right in front of you. So it's, it's nice. So, you know, you, and you would, you would see, right. We, we would do, you know, the first couple oh, sessions, yeah. you know, we would do it and, you know, you would have very obvious Herxy die off kind of reactions 
um, from, from my memory, but then your symptoms would improve pretty rapidly. So the first, I don't know, three or four sessions we did from memory, a lot of it was very physical focused. We weren't really doing much of anything in terms of subtle dynamics. Yeah, that's right. Past, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was more of kind of physical cleanup. And, and this is actually a pretty common pattern, uh, that I see with people that either have, uh, COVID or, or chronic Lyme, where a lot of the physical stuff will get cleaned up and then there will be three, four or five symptoms that are kind of the clinchers, so to speak. And these are the things that have more, um, mental, emotional, and spiritual baggage behind them. And they take a lot more skill, time, and energy to work out. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty common pattern. Yeah. And it's just so everyone kind of understands, like you and I will be again on a zoom call, I'll mm-hmm. be lying in my bed. You're lying on your yep. table in your office or whatever. And you've got like, you, you know, you're sort of going through this. And by the end of it, you've got like 50 magnets all over you. More, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it's, and you're taping them to your head and like all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> again, wild stuff. Uh, and uh, getting back to sort of the pre, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but like the physics approach to this, the thing that, um, when you were on Freddie's podcast talking about this, the thing that sort of sold it for me was, at least in principle, was the idea of quantum entanglement. The idea that, like, you know, in quantum mechanics, um, atoms that are could be separated by as far as you know, light years, infinity, right? yeah, infinity, in- essentially. Yeah. They're, they are, they're still communicating. They are communicating with one another. So they are entangled. And like, if you spin one, one way, the other one responds immediately. Right. Like, and that's the thing. It even moves faster than the speed of light. It's like instantaneous, yep. which is a real thing. Um, as yep. far as I know, that's what physics, uh, physicists yeah. say. And so it's like, okay, well, if that can happen, then sure. And, and the other thing is like, we, you know, we carry around these damn things that are transmitting energy, all the time, right? Like we we're mm-hmm. transmitting, like we we're talking about at the beginning of this podcast here, like, uh, you know, Wi-Fi signals and cell signals and that's all energy. And we're totally accepted of like that can beam all over the place and instantaneous. We're, energy. we're all transmitting all the time, whether yep. we want, whether we want to or not. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So, so what else about what you do would you, do you want to share with, with people? And like, what are some, you know, maybe some big results you've gotten with people or like, you know, folks that you've been able to cure that had, had no hope type of thing. I mean, I'm I'm sure you've got some stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I've had, a, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give personal details away, but it's, right, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it might be more, more beneficial to talk and, you know, talk about kind of what you experienced from, from that standpoint. But yeah, I, I, I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of people that have, you know, that have kind of like that are at their end of their rope. I mean, honestly, it's easier for me to get people that aren't at their end of the rope. <laughs> it's sure. Just easy, it's just easier. Um, and, I, and look, I can't fix everyone. I, 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 had, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up. I had a couple of people from Freddie's podcast that I had to let them go because I just wasn't able to move the needle for them. And part of my, part of my lesson there at sometimes at that point was that there are some people that have such entrenched emotional, mental, or spiritual issues that it just like, they need time in, okay. in order to, in order to be able to fix it. So that's, that's kind of been one of my lessons is to identify these people more quickly and, and send them on their way. Um, okay. which has been tough. Cause I don't ever want to tell someone no. Sure. Like I get it. Like if someone's coming to me, like, like, you know, generally, you know, like they're, they're in trouble yep. or, or they're really open-minded. It's, it's usually one of the two. They're either in trouble or really open-minded or both. Um, cause I get it. 
I, 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 I know very well how all this sounds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, and I guess what I keep coming back to is that, I mean, the, the, the results kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. Sure. You can't, you can't really contrive that. I mean, do, do you want to talk a little bit about what your evolution was? Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, we, okay. yeah, we can. I mean, um, it's, um, I think like, like everything I've done, it's a slow process and I continue to sort of stair step it up. Like I've had a couple of bad days recently. I will say we're talking at the beginning here. I've really figured out with myself that like the least amount of supplements I I can take is the best thing for me. Like just anything I put in my body, if I, if I overdo it, it, it just yeah. irks the wheel too hard for me. So it's like, yeah, just, I'm with, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a gentle nudging thing. And I think that that's a, it's a lesson that was so important for me to learn. And I still learn it. I still have to learn it sometimes that coming from like the profession I did and anybody who's a veteran or whatever, you know, we like this, like go, everything is just go hard, like kick your own ass. And, and I still operate that way when I work out and things like that. But man, everything else is the opposite for for me and the more i make it the opposite so it's like when i go into the gym yes go hard workout that's effective i like it it works but meditating breath work supplements any of this stuff it's like the solution is not dumping a thousand supplements into your mouth all at once because you're like more is better it's it's like just a little bit like just yeah. gentle, yeah. gentle nudges. And, um, and there it's hard because it takes long, yeah. there, but it's, I mean, it, it also, your circumstances are a little bit unique in this and that, well, this, this, this is a good, this is a good kind of segue into discuss how we got from just doing magnets and really focusing on your physical stuff. Cause it was like, you know, you had circulation issues, you had some aches and pain issues, you had mm-hmm. some neurological issues, a lot. Of, I mean, aside from the head stuff, that stuff got sorted out really quick within, within a few symptoms. It was like almost like, it was like all, not everything, but almost everything from your neck down fixed within the first three or four sessions that went really quick. And so that stuff largely had more of like a, that was more of a physical level issue. And then the, 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 that trifecta of the brain fog, the fatigue and the, uh, and the head pressure. And I think I, I think I even said it from the beginning. I was like, this is probably going to be the hardest thing we're going to work through. And it's just, it's, it's going to take time to chip away. And so the print, the operating principle here is that toxins and infections get stuck in parts of people's bodies that resonate with unprocessed mental, emotional, and spiritual baggage. So if somebody's got a big boulder of past life garbage that's sitting in their system that correlates with a particular party anatomy, if these are the people where you do all the, what's, what seemingly is the correct physical interventions, IVs, supplements, medicines, whatever, and either they don't get better or they even spin their wheels and their symptoms. These are, so these are people who are setups for die off reactions, yeah. right? You got a whole bunch of mental, emotional, spiritual stuff behind that, that's kind of anchoring an infection that's creating certain symptoms. You try to, you try to get rid of that from the physical sense before you've done the subtle work. Forget it. Yep. And what's interesting about that is it's like a double whammy, right? Because I, I talk a lot about how, trauma, like an experience, right? Traumatic experience can get Mm -hmm. stored in your, in your body. So like this, like sort of negative energy, right? And it can be anywhere. It could be in your arm. It could be in your liver. It could be, and then you have that like dysfunction that's going on there. But then on top of it, like you're saying is if you then have a, 
toxic overload in this in the form of heavy metals or parasites or whatever, that then ends up in those same <laughs> spots, right? And so it's like that much worse. So it's like yes. all this junk. Yeah, the, the world's kind of a dangerous place to live in now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the trick from, there from that, is from that from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. The trick is not to get freaked out by it because that doesn't help you either right, right. so it's so it becomes it, the game kind of becomes picking and choosing the interventions that you're going to do on on the physical the subtle and the spiritual that are going to most move the needle for you right now yep. and because so because so much of your process has been about undoing the spiritual baggage after we after we hit that inflection point of the first three or four or five sessions or whatever it was and you see, you saw like we, we got you off of a lot of your supplements because it's like in, in this kind of a thing, if you try to push it too hard, like this is exactly who's going to have a die off reaction and then they're going to get frustrated and then they're going to potentially lose faith in something that, that otherwise would have worked for them. Yeah. So, so most of the people in this position where they have, um, they have a lot of like spiritual baggage in it. I, I mean, anyway, I try to limit people's supplements anyway, because I get a lot of people that have been on 50 supplements at a time. Oh yeah. I've, I can't I stand it. I've been there. Yep. <coughs> I were can't you, were you ever a, 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 like a chronic illness patient? You were. Okay. I had to fix myself. And what was your, what was going on? Lime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's usually and, just in associated infections. Right. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the other thing is like, you know, again, that this sort of soul, soul, like Lyme, just that is in my experience, it's just one of many things that's. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I say, when I say Lyme, I really mean a Lyme complex. And it was interesting for yes. me. It all, it all, it all came out after a surgery. So I really got to see firsthand how, how much anesthetics can, can suppress people's immune systems. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And probably the trauma of the surgery too, probably had something to do with it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So how long did that take you to fix? Years. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I shouldn't and say I, that. And I, I'm and the I, same I, thing. <laughs> I still have, I still have whispers of some of it. Sure. But, yeah. but I, but I'm also aware that of like a lot of that was like kind of wrapped up in like, in like, I talked about my 10 years of hell with, with Freddie and the, the deep spiritual cleanse. So a lot of that, a lot of that, those tick-borne infections have resonance with that. So knowing that I'm not really in a rush to get rid of it. Cause I've, I've actually done it before. Like, or I've done like a, I did like a ozone IV mm-hmm. and like, like my, I like I, I had a bunch of Bartonella got riled up from that. And I got so angry and my wife is like, I cannot deal with you. And I was like, and after I, after I came out of that fog, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I couldn't deal with that either. So I, I learned the hard way. Like you don't, you can't, you can't push it too hard. Um, in, in a chronic illness state, you know, I, I think it's, it's a very common mistake that people are trying to find the Occam's razor. They're looking for that one magical pill. Yeah, that's of course. And it, and it usually doesn't work. I mean, oh. every once in a while you see that, and, and and you know sometimes I get those kind of results in my practice, uh, but I, I don't I don't lean on I don't I don't I don't lean on having to have them because for most people it's not really realistic. For most people that have, they get into this chronic illness state, whether it's Lyme, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, whatever it is, the more mystery things like you described. Um, it's usually, it's a process of peeling layers off the onion. And certainly you want to apply the appropriate physical, subtle, spiritual interventions where appropriate, but if you push it too hard, it's going to become a problem. 
Can I ask what it, when you're doing this practice, like you're with me and you're sort yeah. of doing the thing on your arm, what is it? Is there, can you describe what you f- sense? Is it like, yeah. do you see yeah, yeah. things? Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, you can, yeah, I get, I get kind of visual, the visual impressions of things that are going on. Um, and then it, a lot of what I'm doing with my arm. So in the, in the osteopathic, um, um, profession, there's this whole branch of it called cranial osteopathy. And the idea is that there's this motion that's going on in the body all the time. And actually there've been MRIs that have demonstrated this, that the cranial bones have, 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 a, right. have a, a motion yeah. on the order. And I've done small. some cranial sacral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so what I'm, what I'm doing is when I'm sitting, I, you often see me sitting like this, yep. like in the session, right? And so I'm listening to, I'm exaggerating. It doesn't actually look like this, but I'm exaggerating this. So people kind of get the idea of what, what it can feel like is that there's, there's an interest and external rotation going on in in paired structures in the body so the, the so arms your legs right your shoulders right there, there's this internal external rotation in any midline structure you're getting something called flexion and extension right so this is going on on autopilot in everybody's mm-hmm. body and so this is more of a confirmatory thing for things that it's so it's it's a it's a little bit of a dance the way aiat works and so it, it, it's not just pure intuition. A lot of it is using, using, you know, my understanding of anatomy and physiology and experience and kind of blending it with the intuition. Cause you'll see, you'll see me sometimes say something like, like I'm, see, I'm seeing something within and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And then I have to backtrack it and, and kind of work with it and figure it out. So you can get visual auditory data, in the, but, it, but and I'm, I'm doing that by talking you know, with the intelligence in your body to kind of figure out what order are we going to do things in today? But it's like at each step, there's, there can be any number of refinements that get made with that. And a lot of when I'm listening to this rhythm in my own body, it's kind of like a barometer for how on track I am. Mm-hmm. That's largely, I mean, you can use it for other things too, but that's largely what I'm, I'm using it kind of as a confirmatory um, uh, test. And it's funny because I, I, know, I know like one of my, uh, one of my uh, colleagues, who, um, not an osteopath, but kind of does healing work. You know, I, I, this guy's got very fabulous brain center openings and his access to visual and auditory subtle information is quite spectacular. And he would still muscle test. And I would be like, dude, why do you do that? <laughs> I don't think you need this. And he, and, now, and like now, you know, years later, I was like, oh yeah, I, I see why he does this. Cause you, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to confirm things. So it's a matter of, it's a matter of connecting with the intelligence on a subtle level in somebody's system and figuring out in what order and what dosage and how much to do and how far can I push on the specific layers of somebody's system so that we can get the most forward improvement today. And you're kind of to this point where I would say you're kind of at critical mass, like you're not symptom free yet, but you're getting days of symptom freedom. And this is kind of around the time that, that we had anticipated this would happen, that you would start kind of getting this. So you're, you're starting to get those days now. Um, and so you, you've kind of hit the floodgates. And so I'm not surprised that you found some gut thing that like completely changed things for you and is, is giving you spectacular results. Yeah. When, when people clear this subtle crap, it's like the right, it's like the right things will just flow to them effortlessly. Mm-hmm. The effort was in clearing the garbage. Right. But once, once that happens, it's like things tend to come easier. Things tend to work more seamlessly. It goes like this. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really notice about it is, um, oh, anyway, we're talking about this just kind of gut healing stuff, mm. the smoothie basically that I'm doing. This is Josh Mason's detox dudes, um, protocol stuff. 
And um, it's really helped kind of get rid of like anxiety, like mini panic attacks and things like that, that I would still get. It just, it just, it's, it's interesting to me how much your gut, even for someone who doesn't think of like, I don't have gut problems and I'm not bloated and, but it's like, oh wow. Like that, that really does make a difference. It's, I'm, I'm doing the AIET thing now as you're talking about it <laughs> and what, what's coming through is, yeah, it really is. It, it, and it's doing more than just sealing up leaky brain. It's, yeah. it's also fixing like other neurotransmitter issues that have, that have been going on as well. So yeah, this thing's, I, I'm not, I'm not aware of that. I got to look this thing up now. Josh Mason. Yeah. M A M A C I N. He's okay. Like, yeah. Josh Mason detox dudes. He's got this whole detox protocol where it's like, he was somebody who was super, super sick as like, I think he was in his twenties and he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion and just got like super sick. His story is so similar to mine. It's, it's kind of like almost looking at listening to an autobiography, tried all this stuff. And then he finally got really hardcore into detoxing his body through, through all these various protocols and liver detox and colon detox and heavy metal detox and, you know, parasite, blah, blah, blah. He, so, yeah. he wasn't signed up for as deep as a cleanse as you are. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, cause you'll see once, cause yeah, now, now that you've got like a, like a, like a critical mass of the spiritual stuff gone, it's like now all this other stuff, like the sauna, like all, all like the detox supplements, like all this stuff will start like working. Yeah. Yeah. And this, but this, again, this, but I really do find that, um, I, I can overdo it. I can like take too yes. many and it's like, it's just too much. And so, yes. um, I've just learned that my body over time is something that it's like just gentle nudges, like introduce something a little bit, get used to it and then kind of try yes. something else, you know? And yeah. you can overdo it on the physical, the subtle or the spiritual. Sure. Yeah. 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 You do. You know, I've been, I had the, uh, the great pleasure of being overtreated by colleagues a couple of times. So like, yeah, yeah. I understand. And you'll see me stop sometimes very abruptly in a session and be like, all right, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like a very clear finality, like for today, like that's it. <laughs> no more. So I guess, um, just to kind of wrap some of this stuff up, um, I guess anything else or like, what else would you say to people out there that, you know, again, I think it's really important to sort of highlight that, like for me, I don't have to necessarily buy into absolutely everything that, that you do, right? Like, or sure. that you, the way you think, um, yeah. to sort of be like, Hey, you know what, let's, let's try this and let's see, see what this can do. Um, especially when you hear of other people like, yeah, it was really helpful, you know, type of thing. Like, okay, cool. Let's give it a, give it a try. Yeah. So what, I guess, what would you say to Cause there's certainly people out there that are like all into it and they're all about spirituality and the soul and, mm-hmm. you know, psychics and whatever else. And then yeah. there's other people more like me who are like, you know, that's all bullshit. So what, I guess, what would you say to those, those folks who might be thinking that, or, or people that might be struggling that have yet to find an answer, right. That are kind of, Still I think I think you actually really started hitting on this earlier when you were talking about learning your lessons with things like so you're realizing you know don't push it too hard just enough and so the thing is and this this was kind of this is getting a little bit out there but I feel compelled to share it like one of one of the one of the kind of more otherworldly experiences I had was I was um, I was like I was like sleeping over at my parents' house like between like on a break or something. And I was, uh, uh, I remember being in bed and I lifted up out of my body just spontaneously and went to the other side. 
and I saw, and I kind of saw how it worked. I know it sounds crazy, right? Um, but this is what happened and I've never done hallucinogens, so I wasn't flashing back, but I have done a lot of meditation so that that can kind of set you up for that kind of stuff. Um, and I kind of saw how things worked and how like decisions would get made that people would have certain lessons and things to be learned and how like things were kind of set up, how the mission was kind of set up before they came in. Um, so that's, that's kind of the spiritual explanation of it, but I mean, every, everybody can, you know, whether they, whether they buy that or not, everybody can buy that, like. You know, if you pay attention, your life is trying to teach you some lessons. Yeah. And for some people, these like the guy Mason that you're talking about, from what you're describing, I'm I'm not reading him because I don't have his permission, but from what you're describing, it sounds like for this guy, a lot of his lessons are on the physical level. And he got a lot of these really great results by applying these kind of physical interventions. And so his life force energy increases and expands as he gets aligned with learning his lessons. His lessons are not necessarily your lessons. Your lessons are not necessarily someone else's lessons. So with this whole chronic illness thing, for some people, it's, you know, the lesson may be as simple as, you know, it's time to move beyond the allopathic paradigm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It may be that simple. And, And these are the kind of people where it's like, you know, you put them on a little bit of, you know, Byron White's product or not weed or whatever, anti lime herbal, you know, whatever. And then they walk out of your, your office river dancing because they, that, that was, that was their lesson is they had to overcome that prejudice and, and that, that thinking that, that only, only this box is, is what's going to work. Um, and then there are other people where they may have um, deeper rooted mental, emotional type of issues that get trapped in their body. And so when those things get trapped in their body, it's a setup for any, not just Lyme, but, you know, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Babesia, yeah. Bartonella, other things too, Epstein-Barr virus, whatever, right? It, it becomes a setup for those things getting stuck. And if they don't release the energy of what they had taken on and stored, these are the people where it's like, you know, you just, these things keep coming back. And I've seen some people do some really rad stuff, you know, um, you know, fat, you know, autologous fat stem cell transplants. I've seen people go to Europe and do whole body hyperthermia and yeah, blow, right. their, blow their temperature up to 105 or 106 or some crazy yep. number. Yep. And I've seen these people be asymptomatic for a month or two or three. And then it comes back. Mm-hmm. So depending, so, so somebody with the chronic illness state, depending on the levels of causation for them, their lessons will be there. And for each individual, it's a little different, right? So your stuff, you know, you, you, you had a little bit of everything. So you, you, you've really, I mean, you, you signed up for quite the, um, <laughs> quite the ride, the bonus right? Plan. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. man, yeah. Yeah. You, full, you were like, you're package. like on the plat, platinum express. Seriously. Um, but you would see, right. We would do, we would do these, these spiritual type of, um, treatments, not do any magnets, not do any herbs, right. And you would have die offs and then, and then you would see that things would improve over time, but often, you know, it's, you know, like you experience, and I think this is good for people to know that the, the healing journey for chronic illness is ne- almost nope. never a straight line. Nope. And I tell, and I, and this is why I tell people, like when I start working with them, I tell them it's, it's usually going to take a year for me to get you fixed so to speak, if it's Lyme there, you know, other things can be a little bit different, but people will go up and down and there are often some more core issues that people will hit their heads on. And for you, it's, it's, it's the, the brain fog, the fatigue, the, the dizziness that, and, and the head pressure. And when people hit that core stuff and those symptoms get, 
get flared up. It's and you've seen it, right? The mental, emotional baggage flares and the common experience is, oh my God, it's never going to end. It's always going to be like this. Nothing's ever going to help. Yep. Yeah. I, and I've, I've hit this wall many times. Yep. Oh, I, I have I too. Yeah. I have too. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, it's common that that wall is there, but I think it's, it's helpful for people to understand that that's an expected part of the process. It's not a comfortable part of the process. And if I had it my way and my name was G-O-D and I had a, I had a white beard sitting up in the heavens, I guess maybe I wouldn't organize it that way. Or maybe if I was in his position, I would, who the heck knows. But yeah. that, that seems to be the way that it goes is people will hit upon those core things. Um, and, and you've seen that as every time you hit it, it gives us an opportunity to dissect it a little bit more. And, and each mm-hmm. time we dissect it, the, the, the overall symptomatology falls off of you a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the, the primary lessons I would say that I've learned through my experience is that you have to know yourself better. And most people don't know themselves. They really don't. They don't pay yeah. attention to themselves. They don't pay attention to what's going on inside their minds, inside their bodies, really. And the more I've really tried to pay attention and understand myself, the more I've been able to sort of make, make headway, you know, make progress. So for our listeners, this is a star student. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes. This is a star student. This is excellent. I wish everybody would be thinking this way. Um, But you know, old, old habits can, can die hard. Um, But the more people can get their mindset where you're at, the better. Because you're, you're, you're really hitting the nail on the head. You're being congruent with your lessons. And as long as you keep being congruent with your lessons, you know, in, unless you're one of these people where it's, you know, certain people have such hard spiritual issues that nothing can be done for them. And it mm. breaks my heart when I see it. Um, but, it, you know, be, being in this kind of a practice, it's part of it. You're going to run into these people from time to time. Um, but you know, when I get new clients and like, they've already like done some interventions and they've already had some improvements, I'm like, I breathe a sigh of relief. Cause I'm like, Oh good. You're not so stuck that, that nothing can't like, I'm like, great. So I think that's kind of what we talked about at the beginning. I was like, yeah, it's going to be a journey. It's going to take some work, but it's like, you know, you went to NYCIM, you had a whole bunch of improvement. Yep. 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 And and again, even that was like probably... You know, I told Casper, I probably got about 25, I don't know, it's hard to put a number on it, right? But call it, I, I went in there probably at 50% improved and I came out at like 75, you know, and I yeah. still, again, I still have times where it nosedives on me. I mean, that's the yeah, other yeah. thing where, yeah, yeah. but again, I'm really figuring out that it's when I try to do too much, when I try to like push the accelerator and that's again, not an exercise thing. It's like when I try to over-treat myself, yes. that's where it yeah. gets fucked up. It, it, and it's, it's really, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a fairly common lesson, but it's a very challenging one to learn, especially for somebody who, who really is a responsibility taker in their life as you very much are, because then you want to move the needle, yep. but then you have to learn to have, you have to learn to have the skill to move it in a way that it's not going to back. It's not going to backfire and bite you in the ass. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, this is, this is great, man. And, and I've enjoyed we're still working together a little bit, you know, I, I don't know for, for how much longer, but we, I think we have a, an appointment next week, uh, after Christmas. So I, I think um, we're, we're, we're about getting, we're getting to the point where I've, I mean, maybe you'll, you'll touch base here and there, but I mean, the, the bulk of it has just about gotten done for you. So, you know, you're, you're getting those asymptomatic days. 
Um, and as long as you continue to learn your lessons and li live your life in congruence with that, eventually the, the, the days will come when you're, where you're more asymptomatic than not. And eventually this will be a memory. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. Um, all right. Well, so if, if people are kind of interested in what you do, want to find out more about you, get in contact, where, where do they find you? Yeah, I, I got a website. It's www.systematichealing.com. S-Y-S-T-E-M-A-T-I-C-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Uh, -E -E Good. Nice. Um, yeah, that's the name of the practice. Do you do social media at all or is it no? I do have an Instagram and a Facebook page, but I don't really manage it okay. or do much yeah. with it. So it, it exists, but I'm kind of, for, personally, I'm still very much in kind of like deep retreat mode. So I'm not like, I anticipate in the next eight months to a year, I'm going to end up being a little bit more out there. So, you know, when, when people ask me to do things like a podcast, I don't turn them down, but I'm not necessarily actively seeking to put myself out there right now. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, I appreciate you coming on here because, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I will just close again with, you know, for anybody out there, you don't have to buy into all this stuff. I, there's pieces of it that I still kind of go, really? Like, you know, and but um, I think, again, one of the, the key components I've found for my own sort of journey is like, you know, don't be afraid. Again, don't do th things that are dangerous. Like that's there's there's things out there. There's treatments where it's like, I'm not doing that. That's like some dangerous stuff. But, you know, and everyone's got to make their own judgment here, obviously. But um, I remember Ben Ahrens, who uh, is founded Reorigin, when he went to NYCIM, he said that he essentially just kind of sized things up and was eventually like, I got to take a leap of faith here. And that's what he did. He was just like, you know, got to the point where he was like, okay, I feel good enough about this where it's like, go in on it. And so that's kind of the same path I've tried to tread with things. It's like... Okay. Somebody I trust is like, yeah, this, I found this helpful. Check it out. Is this going to, is this going to hurt me in somehow? No, I don't think so. Like, all right, let's give it a go. See what, see what it can do. So, but again, to each his own, right? Like uh, yeah, I, pay I'm not a doctor to, yeah. here and I'm not. Yeah. Pay, you um, know, it's, it's, it's incumbent for every, every, you know, especially people that are going through the chronic illness process, you know, but yeah, listen to your gut, you know, cause now I'm, I'm not right for everybody. Everybody's not right for me in the same old true of every other practitioner on the face of the earth. Um, and you know, same thing for treatments and, you know, some, you know, some, you know, like sometimes, you know, my, you know, my, you know, you figure this thing out for your gut. I got other patients or clients that, you know, they've, they figured out, you know, key pieces of, you know, supplements that they wasn't necessarily on my radar, you know, so, you know, great. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't figure everything out, but you know, and, but yeah, my, my job is to get people unlocked. And that goes back to that, man, that just goes back to that know yourself thing that, that like the Oracle of Delphi had it right. Know thyself. Know right? thyself. That, that is like, you have to figure it out for yourself. And it's just like, it's not the same for everybody. Like you said, there's some people that like will make great strides with someone like you, others will not. And doesn't mean it didn't work for the people that got that, you know, saw improvement there. It's just that we're all different, like in these various ways. It's just, we're not the same. So, um, cool. Kevin, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. And I'll see you again in a week. Sounds good, man. All right, man. Bye.